Hello, I'm Dave Danu, aka Dispatchic Shaver, and welcome to the Retro Wet Shaving Podcast, where I talk to friends and fellow enthusiasts about their wet shaving experiences. A huge thanks to Kevy Parr, who joined me in episode three, and honour having him on. There's never a dull moment with Kevy, and it was great hearing about his wet shaving journey. Welcome to episode four. A lot of you might have topped up your soap collection or bought a razor from this vendor. Tonight, I'm lucky to be joined by this gentleman that's contributed to us digging deeper into the rabbit hole. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Simon from Agent Shave. Hi, Simon. Hi, Hope you will. Good, e- Good evening. How are you doing? Not bad. How are you? How are things in sunny Norwich? Yeah, no, all good at the moment, and it was very nice. I just just got back from walking the dog, and it's lovely out there this evening. So um, need to maybe plan the shave for later on tonight as well. <laughs> Sounds good. I do like Norfolk, a beautiful part of the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, for the people listening and are part of the UK wet shaving community, community, I'd say the majority have heard of Agent Shave, but for those who haven't or live outside of the UK, how did Agent Shave come about? Okay, so the, uh, there's a long-winded a winded answer to this, really, but um, broadly speaking, um, I uh, wet shaved. I've been wet shaving for over 10 years. Um, well, a lot longer than that, really, but really 10 years ago, got into the, into the proper traditional double-edged razors and blades. And um, I guess... About uh, six years ago, um, my colleagues and I um, were looking for something different to do. Um, we have a, another business, which is is our main uh, line of work, and we were just looking for something else. And with my involvement in the wet shaving community, and I'd actually got my my two colleagues into the uh, into the <laughs> down the rabbit hole with me, and. Um, it just sort of we fell into the fact that there was some things that we could import from abroad and we really started with some cheap and cheerful razor blades coming in from china and um just sold sold a few things on ebay this sort of stuff and um eventually um we thought this was this was quite good because not only were we getting the opportunity to try some different things out um, but also people were buying what we were what we were offering. And uh, gradually we expanded uh, what we were doing. And after a lot of um, soul searching and research and work with a designer, um, we came up with the idea of, of, of an online shop. And um, we were stuck for a name, actually. That was uh, one of the one of the stories in the background. And um, I was at the time posting a lot on um, the shaving room, the uh, wet shaving forum in the UK. And um, we actually put a competition out there and said, you know, we are looking for suggestions for for a name. And um, one of the guys uh, on the wet shaving forum um, came up with the name Agent Shave. And we had 30 or 40 different suggestions, actually. And um, the, the, the name we fell into um, mainly because we thought there's some really good linkages. Um, we did quite a lot, as you're probably aware, on social media. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the young ladies that works for us uh, is is brilliant on the social media side. Um, that's Victoria, or Tor as we know her. And um, 
there was a lot of ability to talk about um, different ways of getting stuff in and uh, missions we can send people on. And it just gave us a bit of a theme to work to for the business. And we, we just followed that through, really. Um, and uh, obviously, the uh, funny enough, actually, the, the, uh, the guy who came up with the name uh, came to us the other day because we were, uh, we were talking about what we want something. And uh, he came back and said, glad to hear, glad to hear you're doing well. So, um, yeah, that's the, that's the story of how it came about. And uh, quite honestly, so from, from then, we've gone from strength to strength. Um, and we always wondered what would happen. We had to initially go and search for uh, manufacturers and wholesalers and and uh, do a lot of legwork ourselves. And recently, um, we've had a number of, um, especially artisan. We, we we really one of the principles we 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 like working to is that everything we have, we've tried it, we've used it, we've trialed it, and we know it's good. We like to have that quality assurance that we use the stuff. Um, and we've had a lot of artisans start to come to us, which is really nice. Um, when we're getting approached by people to say, we've got some, we've got this idea or we've got this, um, this product. Um, and not only can we give them feedback and, and hopefully help them improve the product, but of course it means we haven't got to search around for it. Um, so it's really nice to support of, um... some of those artisans. Is that because like, you mentioned about the social media, and this is one thing um, I really like about you guys. Um, one thing you, you, you champion so well is your, your social. Um, like the, the engagement is so good. Like There's so many companies, no matter what industry, they're just like faceless accounts. But if you guys, you, you really do get stuck in and engage and um, even get involved in like the, the various Facebook groups. And... Um, yeah, I'm just wondering if that's like so many artisans online have probably seen that and thought, well, do you know what, um, we've, we've, we've got to contact these guys. Yeah, well, I think we, we, we all, we view it very much of what we do is, is a niche. I don't think, although I'd love to think we would be, I don't think we're in a, we as a company are in a mass market area. Um, we're not going to start putting products into Sainsbury's because we don't have our own products. We are a, a retailer. Um, and I think it's really important that we try and engage with those individuals, um, service levels, response to queries, um, you know, that sort of thing is, I think is really important to the, to the end user. Um, and we've modeled some of the stuff we do, we've modeled on some much bigger companies. Um, some of the packaging stuff we, we do, and you, you know, we, we take a, put a lot of effort in um, to the packaging and the the way we send stuff out and um yeah that that actually we think adds value because we think people like you know having that present that they can open thinking they've treated themselves and having that little bit special uh and we've modeled that on some other some other companies and what they do and what we think works how scalable that is I don't know if we if we were having a thousand orders a, a weekend I don't know whether we could quite quite get it to that personal touch, but certainly at the moment we think that that's uh, it's achievable and and we can maintain that sort of level of service, and we think that's really important. Yeah, I mean, I love um, your service. I love when when the postman comes, then you get like your agent shave parcel, and you get the little um, aftershave samples. Yeah, uh, I love that. Yeah, and there are believe you me, we have a we have fights in the office who's who's going to do the next sample because. 
they are really time consuming to do actually um but we think that they they yeah they're they're a great i, I use the use the use the phrase cautiously but they're a great marketing tool because they get people to try stuff they wouldn't otherwise try um and send you further down the rabbit hole <laughs> um but equally, you know, we think that they, uh, you know, they, they they are an opportunity for people to try stuff, and I think most people like it. I, I, I'm struggling to think of any criticism that anyone's had of. So, no, I'd lie. We had one one criticism not that long ago. People wanted to choose the sample uh, because we wouldn't know if someone was vegan when we'd sent them a, a soap with some tallow in, which is you know is not ideal, but you know it's, there's a limit to how much detail you can go into it yeah that's true uh, i know um like um it's funny i was watching a youtube video the other day and i think somebody had it's from a certain uk artisan um and they're asking i think they're from the states why i think in the uk that i think there's a lot of them nowadays the soaps are they are vegan based rather than tallow yeah the, the major trend at the moment isn't it yeah, there's a lot of a lot of being made about the the various soap bases that are being used, um, and I think that yeah, there is some real quality products coming out of there at the moment, but I think they they do come at a cost. Um, you know, when you think in some of, in terms of some of the soaps, I've seen soaps at sort of fifty and sixty pounds a, a tub. That's a lot of money. You've got to have a lot of value out of that soap. It's not you know it's lovely stuff. Yeah. you've got to have a you've got to have a, it's got to be a reason to buy that when you think you can buy and we're just sort of thinking it's something like you know a seller um oh my favorite soaps, a fantastic soap brilliant soap yeah um one of your favorite one of my favorite soaps it's one of i one of my go-to soaps you know and that's what i i forget what we we, we send it out at six or seven quid a tub you know i don't think it's even that um, you can buy, um, we don't stock it, but you can buy a kilogram for about 20 quid or something. It'll last you for donkey's years. Um, you compare that to, I don't know, a, a PAA soap that's nearly 30 quid or some of the top end soaps that's 50 and 60 quid. What is the real difference here? You, know, you struggle to find, struggle to find, find a huge amount of difference. Um, but then equally, yeah, there's a market for these things, clearly. Otherwise, people wouldn't be able to make them. Yeah, it's very subjective, isn't it? Uh, what, what what people are into and the scents and and that and that kind of thing. And even yeah, same thing with like you can have the debate about blades as well, couldn't you? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I lo I love the, I love the phrase, and I think it is so indicative of the Wetsuit Shaving community. YMMV, your mileage may vary. Who knows why things? I mean, I I've tried all sorts of rate. I mean. I've got hundreds of razor blades and varieties that I've tried and I can I can go to a, a real cheap end of the market blade and get a superb shave I can buy a real so expensive I know we're not we're talking relative relative terms but an ex top end blade and get nothing like the shave but yeah. The next person along along will say the different. I mean, I I I loathe Derby blades. Can't stand the blooming things. But there's so many people that love them. You know, what? Why would that be? And you can put the same blade. To me, you can put the same blade in a different razor and get a fantastic shave with it. Why? 
it's really difficult, really difficult to judge. It's got to be down to the individual. We've all we're all individual. We've all got different skin types. We've all got different beards, beards, thicknesses of, of beard, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we all use these things in different ways. Um, it's it's yeah. There is so many variables in a in a single shave. Oh, absolutely, um, infinite, really. I was, I, just gonna I was just, I was just going to tell you a little story. Actually, um, Go just going it. back to the to the packaging, um, we um, fairly recently, a few months ago, we sent a. Uh, um, I'm not sure I understand. Oh, sorry, watches decided to start talking to me. Um, <laughs> we sent a package to America, um, and it was a, a reasonably reasonable package, and it was about I don't know, I suppose, 120 quid's worth of uh, shaving gear, soaps, etc. And um, one of the things we do on our packaging, as probably people realise, is we put a top secret stamp. Well, the Americans didn't like that very much. And they decided to destroy our package on delivered because they felt it was, um, it could have, been, I think it, was, it might, might be explosive somehow. Oh, no. So that was a, a <laughs> you, you, we do fall foul of these things occasionally. Oh. Yeah, because of um, I I bet if they look at the box, I know you're having like using like your little small little business cards or whatever. It's got um, picked by agent, blah blah blah. So I can imagine when I got to the states, they'll be thinking, "Who's this?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a lot of people realise if, and you can see my I'm going wrong wrong way because I'm on Zoom. Um, if you actually look at our logo, the the A, this piece of the A is actually supposed to be a whisker. And of course, here's the blade that's coming to cut the whisker. Ah, I just noticed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, people. People hadn't. People won't pick up on it. But that, that's the that was the theory behind the logo when we had that uh, had that. It's sorted. funny, even because I had in my notes actually asking you about the agent shave name, and I was actually going to ask like, was it because you were, like James Bond fans? But. Uh... I mean, are you? <laughs> Absolutely, I am. Yeah. And and it's interesting how many how many references there are. It's one of the one particular um, series of films. There are a lot of references to shaving in there. There's there's cutthroat shaving. He's um, and I forget which film it's in. Uh, I ought to remember where he's using a uh, Gillette aristocrat in one of the scenes. I think and. Uh, and there's another, there's another, another, another. What I forget which uh, film and which which razor it is, but actually there's not much shaving on telly. If you think of sort of the telly and films, how often do we do we see people shaving? Not very often. I guess there's a bit of horror horror movie and uh, and the old cutthroat throat razors occasionally, but realistically, it's not something that's portrayed a great deal. But James Bond is one of the uh, one of the film series where there is a bit, at least a little bit of uh, shaving happening. Um, yeah, if there's any uh, James Bond uh, fans listening, that's um, one way of getting to it, shaving. <laughs> yeah. So I do have one um, dreaded question to ask you, um, and that is um, that horrible B word, uh, Brexit. Um, just want to know, how's that impacted the business? And um, is this going to cause a lot of problems with like the U European brands you stock? Yeah, yeah, it certainly has, and a, and a number of the retailers we've spoken to, and, and we're all having the same sort of problems. Um, and generally, and just to, to explain it as as I understand it, and I, I don't profess to be an, be an expert, but broadly speaking, um, 
prior to, to Brexit, there was a central EU register of products. So the theory would be that every product, each and every product that is manufactured in Europe uh, would be tested and go through a, a, if you like, a clinical testing, not clinical testing, a chemical testing, um, to check there's nothing that is likely to cause a problem on skin and uh, would then be registered in the EU cosmetic portal. Um, and one of the, you know, one of the unknown effects of Brexit was that, of course, the UK have, has no access to that EU portal. Um, and the manufacturers, frankly, were struggling with that. Certainly the UK artisans have had to really work hard to get uh, through the, you know, jump through lots of hoops to get their products registered, which thankfully most of them now have done. Um, so you know, that's not a problem. But as retailer, we're held liable. We're, we're expected to know what products have been registered. And interestingly, and quite bizarrely, there's no way of us accessing the portal to see whether a product's been registered. It's madness, really. There should be some sort of register we can go, is this registered? No, it isn't. Um, but to take that stage further, of course, the uh, all the EU um, products that's for sale in the UK have to be a registered on the UK portal, and B have to have a uh, an appointed person uh, or a responsible person um, registered in the UK for that particular product. So if I take um, and I'm just looking at what I've got sitting on the side here, I take um, this, which is uh, Razor Rock Caribbean Holiday, um, lovely soap, one of my favourites. Um, this is made in Italy uh, by Razor Rock, so the um, manufacturers, um, and I think they're doing a lot of these in conjunction with the wholesalers, to be honest, are having to appoint a, uh, an individual in the UK, print new labels, because those labels have all got to have the details of the UK uh, appointed person uh, on them, and register them on the portal. And of course, that's fine for something that's reasonably well-known brand, something like Razor Rock or... Um, Ariana and Evans would be another one that springs to mind. That's fine. Um, unfortunately, it's some of the smaller, the less known products that we uh, we're struggling with. Um, one of my one of my favourite products and one of my favourite manufacturers for a long time has been Myrosol. Um, mm. Brilliant products, uh, lovely lovely stuff to use, and we particularly like the emulsion as a pre-shave. Um, and just it seems that the, the, the market in the UK is not big enough to sustain the amount of investment they've got to put on to register. So we think going forward, the only way someone to get that to, can get that from, uh, from uh, you know, in the UK is to actually order it from Spain, which is where it's manufactured, either direct from manufacturer or from a retailer in Europe. Um, what we are hearing, um, is one or two of the European um, retailers won't actually dispatch to the UK because they're concerned they could have a liability. Um, so we don't quite sure how that's going to pan out over the longer term. Um, but certainly at the moment, it seems to be settling down. So that's the good news is uh, fantastic that it is settling down. But I think it's the smaller products. Um, Fainer is one that we, we, we think we're going to lose, or we have lost already, really. Um, and we don't can't see it coming back, as I said, Myrosol. Um, so there are one or two products like that. We just don't think we're going to be able to legally sell in the UK. Um, 
and there's been there's been a lot of discussion in re with retailers uh, and on the forums about this subject, as you as you're probably aware, Dave. Um, and yeah. we don't quite know where it's going to end up. I think it will have it will find a find a medium at some point, or happy medium where you know there will products be available, but I just can't see it being quite as uh, numerous as it as it has been in the past. But I guess if someone comes up with a new product uh, and a new manufacturer, then hopefully they're going to get those um, those products uh, registered because they want to sell them in the UK. Um, and I know one or two of our retailer colleagues have uh, have started trying to act as a point, a point, point representatives themselves. So with luck in the following wind, uh, most products will be, be available. But I mean, uh, fingers I'm, crossed. Only time will tell. Hope there is some like, light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, um, before we get that, um, that's a bit of a <laughs> depressing subject, that one. But um, I know a lot of wet shavers, that's something, particularly the ones in the UK, um, I think I know a lot of people will be interested about. Um, so with regards to like um, your popular brands, I've noticed you've got like um, the, the leaf shave twig razor. I know the Ariana and Evans um, Kaizen base um, are, are quite popular. What else is um, really popular with um, customers at the moment? Okay, well, the, I think the things that, um, if you like, the, the, the wish lists we're seeing at the moment, I suppose probably the, the top one is PAA. Um, of course, it's not a cheap, it's not a cheap um, soap, um, but PAA is made in America, as you're probably aware. Yep. Um, and there's huge amounts of demand for it. They've got a, a, a really, really wide range of uh, product in America. Um, we had about, I guess, about half a dozen soaps and splashes uh, over over into into Europe. Um, my belief is that they're not, not registered in the UK, and we're hoping, fingers crossed, we're going to have uh, some PAA uh, supplies land in the not too distant future. Um, but of course, that's not the same level of variety you can actually get from PAA direct in America. And there's a lot of people trying to import. Uh, and sadly getting caught with a lot of these grey grey cards from the Royal Mail to uh, say you've got a little lot of import. But PAA is a is a is a fantastic product. Not cheap, but a fantastic product. And I think that's uh, that hopefully will be back soon uh, in much in much greater numbers. Um, but I think the other things that, that are interesting at the moment, um, Wickham's, uh, I think is a fantastic UK artisan brand. Um, it's not not a, a hugely expensive brand. It's it's accessible to everyone, and it's it's cracking soap. Um, and if you like if you like the balms, um, balms in that context aren't particularly my favourite thing. Although I, I do have them, um, I tend to work on, on on slightly different. I'll talk about maybe a bit later. Um, but the uh, the other one is uh, Phoenix and Bow. Again, some cracking soaps. Um, They've changed their range around a bit because of Brexit. Uh, they've they've uh, dumped a few of their their less lucrative lines, if I may call it that, or probably they're, they're not they're not such good sellers, uh, and changed their, their their lines around. And I think there's some great stuff that's uh, coming out of there at the moment, which is very popular. Yeah, they're definitely um, um, flying the um, UK flag for um, British wet shaving. I did want to shout out to a friend of mine. Who has his own podcast? Um, it's Andy Wilmer, the opinionated Brit. Um, anyone listening, um, go over and listen to his interview um, with Kerry from Phoenix and Bow. Um, that's that's really interesting. Um, you, you you'll learn a lot about um, 
purely into like um, knowing about uh, UK artisans. Um, that was a really good interview. Yeah, Kerry's Kerry's a really knowledgeable guy. He's got a lot of uh, videos on YouTube and other platforms. Um, some fascinating stuff, and you know, some good how-to videos as well. You know, how, how to how to get a good lather, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, uh, some fantastic stuff that Kerry does. But um, yeah, like um, you mentioned about PAA. Um, yeah, I think when it, when it comes to because it's a nightmare buying from them from the states, and obviously you've got like the, the postage. So, I mean, from I know from you guys, I bought uh, one of the brushes. Um, I know my missus for my Christmas present got me a uh, future fiction. Um, from you guys um so yeah i think it, um i know you do you do sort of like the, the really proper ones is it is it cavendish yeah cavendish we've got cad cavendish future fishing atomic age uh what else have we got there i was gonna say mel ball but i think that's now gone um i think i've discontinued making that uh i forget the other lines at the moment gondolier um, Gondolier, yeah, they do gondolier, and um, the other thing that uh, they 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 do that we are able to get still, or we will will be getting supplies shortly, is the cube, which is a really fascinating product, actually, um, very different to any, anything else. Um, I have to say, I've got one of the mentholated cubes. Yeah, same. Um, and I struggle with it, to be honest. I, I, I I've tried using it in any number of different ways um and i've actually just really end up using it using it in the shower as a soap oh, really? I, yeah as a, as a face soap mainly because i can't actually see to shave after i've used it it is i find it so mentholated um and next time we get a drop i'm going to buy one of the unmentholated the the plain versions yeah that's the mistake um, i i made but um i, I like it with um um, I use it. It goes with like a Prorasso shave. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I find it as a game changer for the for the pre-shave. Um, but I, I, yeah, I'll only use it if it's if I'm using like a, a mentholated soap, so it goes well with it. Like if not, everything yeah. else you have is mentholated. Um, yeah, yeah. No, that's the that's, that. the that's the mistake I made as well. Yeah, I want to. I want to. I haven't used myself the uh, the unmentholated version. I think that would be that would be. Uh, you know, if the if the quality of the soap is replicated between the two versions, which as far as I know it is, certainly that's what my colleagues are telling me. Um, then I think that's probably the product for me. Again, it's back to that your your mileage may vary. What works for you and what what doesn't. Um, interestingly, and it's not a product we sell. Um, I tend to use. I'm tend to use a, a liquid soap. Um, it's not product product we we line. This this happens to be Man Cave, uh, which is another online retailer. Um, there's uh, I, I you can get uh, um, Gillette versions and uh, Nivea versions, and actually I tend to use that as a pre as a pre shave, um, just wash uh, to soften the beard, and then use it in conjunction with another pre shave. Um, I like I think I've already mentioned the Marisol emulsion. Um, you know, cracking, cracking product. Um, and there's a, there's a, there's a lovely story behind that. I don't know, do you know the Marisol story, Dave? I don't, I, I'm actually, I've never tried this, but the only reason I know about this product is, um, I've seen it in a Kevy Shaves YouTube video. So okay. that's all I really know. <laughs> yeah. And it was, um, it, it, about, um, 
well, I think I believe this is about 50 years ago. The, the product, the Myrosol product, and, and in particular the emulsion, was developed by a Spanish gentleman, Mr. Sol, funny enough. And um, sadly, uh, he actually died about three or four years ago. Um, and he was, he'd a uh, number of the, a couple of the members of the uh, shaving room, um, which I mentioned earlier, had actually had the, had the opportunity to go to Spain and meet with him and, and talk to him about the products that he's developed. Uh, and he's got a number of aftershaves and things like that. But the, the, the emulsion was his product and he used it as a pre-shave, he used it to shave with, and he used it as an aftershave. Um, and he was, I think at the time he died, he was in his late 80s and he was still shaving with his own emulsion that he developed, which is a lovely story. Um, great traditional shaving product, which, uh, you know, actually there's not that many out there that have been there that long, um, which is nice to hear. No, that's, that's really interesting. I mean, I'm going to go back to like the, the last episode with Kevy and, you know, those Mediterranean countries, like the, like you say, the Spanish, the, the Italians, like as Kevy says, they, they just know what they're doing, don't they? They yeah. really do. I think a lot, of, a lot of the Mediterranean is certainly... If you get towards the Middle Eastern countries um, and you get further across to India, Pakistan, um, they've never quite adopted the sort of multi-bladed cartridge razors um, in the same way that we had, we had in the UK and I think in the US they did as well. Um, and they've got, a, they've got a much bigger market in the old DE razor space. Um, and of course, that's why you find a lot of the a lot of the blades um, are manufactured in Pakistan um, and Israel uh, is obviously another one in Turkey um, because they're manufacturing the blades for their own domestic use. Um, sadly, to the best of my knowledge, uh, we don't make a razor blade in the UK anymore. Um, the last the last blade that was made in the UK, as you're probably aware, is was Wilkinson Sword. Yeah. And Wilkinson Sword, my understanding is, and again, I'm, I'm not an expert on this, but my understanding is that the Wilkinson Sword machines, the manufacturing plant, was basically sold to the Russians. And as you're probably aware, a lot of the Russian blades, Gillette's, the um, Sputnik's, Lada, Ladas, um, Mino, Minola, Mino, Minora, Minora, um, yeah. uh, Nasset, all those blades are all made in St. Petersburg in the Russian factory. And my belief is, although I've got no evidence of this, this is only just by hearsay, that these are made on the old Wilkinson sword machines. So, um, interesting. And it's a, it, it you know, it's the loss of our manufacturing industry in the UK doesn't do us any favours again. But it is what it is. And, uh, you know, there's that wide variety of blades out there and some fascinating blade stories as well. I've seen even some of the, the, the names as well. Um, I'm talking about the one I've been using recently. Um, it's got like a Viking sword. Probably like one of the most comfy ones I've tried. Probably uh, probably up there with like Nassets, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, one of my one of my favourites is um, Treat Black Beauty. I love that oh, blade, treat. and it just works so well. Yeah, Treat, uh, and that's a that's a Pakistani blade. Um, I've been recently, um, and you can't really see, but Gillette Super Thin. Okay, I still um, need to try them. Yeah, they're a, they're a lovely blade. Um, 
there's two versions. There's uh, one made in Thailand and one made somewhere else, and I can't think where it is at the moment. Um, but they're uh, they're a lovely blade. And the other one that I've I've been using uh, a lot. Funny enough, in the, in I've been I'll, I'll talk about twig in a minute because I think that that's a that's a really interesting topic. But the uh, Gillette, the what I call the Gillette Black, the seven o'clock black, the super oh, black. Yeah. Um, you know, fantastic blades. And I've, I've done wouldn't... yellow and green, but I've, those yeah. ones I still need to try. Yeah, well, uh, after after we finish, Dave, I'll take your address and I'll pop you some in the post. <laughs> That's very kind of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's. I mean, I think again, there's 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 a lot more. If I look back to ten years ago, and um, what was available ten years ago, and what's available today. Um, Although I think a lot of this is about technology and online shopping, we've got a, a broader a, a base of blades available to us all. Um, and whilst I'm not suggesting everyone wants to go and buy hundreds and hundreds of packs of blades, or lots of packs of hundreds of blades, um, I think there is just there is a, a whole world of blades out there, and it's a whole subject in its own right. Um, and it, you know, getting back to the you, your mileage may vary. Who's who's going to say this is a good blade or a bad blade? It's what blade exactly. works for you, isn't it? And it's finding that nirvana of blades, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, um, I think I've only had two experiences, two sorry, two bad experiences with blades. I think um, I mentioned it in the previous episode. I think it was um, Tiger and some cheap Chinese blades I got from. I bought a razor from AliExpress and got some free blades with it, and yeah, that <laughs> I really wasn't comfortable, but. So the majority of like the, the, the Gillette blades from seven o'clock series to Minora's to I think is it, is it silver blue, I think. Yeah, silver blue, yeah. Yeah, I yep. mean I think they've been fantastic. Yeah, and again they all vary a little bit, and I think you again vary to vary to razor, and you just get gotta find what's right for you. Um I think there's a there's there's mileage in buying, you know, one of these sort of selection packs you can buy from eBay to get some get a variety of blades i don't know there's a lot of movement on forums people people share blades all the time and that's that's what's lovely about the shaving community that ability to just you know i you know anyone heard of this yeah fine i'll send you a few yeah that's that's the attitude that people have and i think that's a wonderful wonderful way of how, how it should be really i mean yeah i mean i said that to kevy in the last episode and and people are just so generous you know um yeah. <laughs> they, they really are and um i can't think of like a, a community like ours really um it's, it's just so unique and um yeah just just so many good people involved in it as well yeah yeah totally agree totally agree so um, um, moving on to, um from agent shave to yourself how, how did you um uh discover wet shaving social media um getting fed up with spending lots of money on uh, on on um, multi-blade, 97 blades in a cartridge of Gillette razors and charging me lots of money for it. Yeah, it's, it, it is probably a traditional huh, traditional story in that um, I was just getting fed up spending so much money on cartridge razors. And there were, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I always thought I got a, good, a decent shave from them. I always thought I got a decent result, but they were really expensive. And um, at the time, and I'm talking about, uh, as I said, Earlier, I've been de-shaving for about 10 years. At the time, um, 
you know, I wasn't in a fantastic place uh, mentally. Um, and I had a young family and there wasn't a lot of money. And uh, one of the things I just happened to fall into it one day. And don't ask me what, what actually triggered it. But I think it was a post on, on Facebook from someone. Um, has anyone tried this? Quite a good idea. And I just did a bit of research in the background. Um, stumbled on the shaving room. And, and actually, I can show you how, here my first DE razor. Oh, wow. DE89. Uh, Edwin Jagger DE89. And I have to say, still, still probably, one of in, in DE terms, it's my go-to razor. Um, fantastic head, fantastic finish. I, I say this is the original. It isn't actually the original because the first one I had, I had a plating issue with. And I lost the corners of the plate on the uh, on the uh, top plate and uh, went to Edwin Jagger and said, hey, up, boys, this isn't quite right. And he said, yeah, you're absolutely right. Should last better than that. Here's a, here's a replacement. Um, but it's my go-to razor. In terms of, I, I guess that's my, that's my baseline. When I'm comparing any other... Any other razor, that's what I go to. You know, what are they twenty quid a pop? Something um, like that, yeah. Uh, you know, you can get them probably cheaper than that if you shop around or on, on Amazon or something. But they're a fantastic razor for the money. Um, and I think anyone starting out in the in, in, in wet shaving, that's always where I'd go. Um, you know, D eighty nine, and probably my baseline blade is an Astra Blue. Um, nothing, nothing complicated. You know cracking little blade very cheap you know i don't know what you can get them up pick them, probably pick them up on ebay for six or seven quid a hundred and they'll they'll easily do you three or four shaves each so probably <coughs> you know six quids worth of blades for a year's shaving maybe you know you, it's it's fantastic money for money um but there is that rabbit hole dave as you you and i know <laughs> Exactly. Uh, you know, you don't get, you don't finish with one blade or one uh, one uh, razor, or very few people that I know do. Um, it is about, uh, you know, finding what's right for you. So uh, that that is my story. That's where I started. And um, as I say, I wasn't in a fantastic place at the time uh, mentally. Um, I was working for a big organisation nationally, um, and uh, mentally it was tough, tough work that we were doing. Um, it paid okay. It was a life, but it wasn't a life that I could sustain at that point. And um, thankfully, a few years after that, in 2012, I left that that job, and that was when I was lucky enough to start up my existing mainstream business. Um, and as I say, a few years after that, we were we'd had a really good established business, and um, we've got a good group of customers that are very supportive and uh, as a result of that we had a bit of spare money and we were just looking at something else to do and that's the advent of agent shave as i've said earlier great stuff um so um when you're not uh, running a business and wet shaving um what are your hobbies and interests um i'm a scout i'm i'm, I'm heavily involved in scouting um my um i've been a leader with uh, scouts for about 15 years now um that's and one of the one of the pluses of scouting is scouting gives you the opportunity scouting is a wonderful organization worldwide um and scouting opens lots of lots of doors and as a result of 
being involved in scouting. I, I had a broad, broad interest in any in lots of things anyway. But as a result of scouting, I've got um, quite quite into um, air rifle shooting, um, amateur radio. I'm an amateur radio enthusiast and hold a hold a um, advanced uh, radio license. M zero LDK. If anyone's interested, um, that's my call sign. For those that aren't, um, I'm uh, my probably one of my big things at the moment. I've just I I, I um, train axe throwing, or as it's correctly known, scouting tomahawk throwing. Um, so we 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 do it as a discipline with the young people, not too discipline the young people. I hasten to add, but as a discipline and as an activity. Um, and you can imagine taking a dozen 12 to 16 year old young people and getting to throw axes. There's some, there's some quite good interest in doing that. Um, so we have some quite good fun with, with, with this. And I'm, I'm also into camp, in, camping, which again links to the scouting and we camp as a, as a family. Um, but actually, uh, you know, you take all those things together, that, that takes a lot of my time up. Uh, that and family, um, and uh, we just got a new puppy as well, which is uh, lovely but uh, time-consuming, especially when they decide to roll in on mentionables. But we won't <laughs> go there. I mean, I wish I'd uh, stayed at Scouts a bit longer. I think I was only there for a few weeks because of um, I think I was the friends I went to Cubs with. I was a few months older than them, so when yeah. I went, I didn't have like many friends, and I think I just <laughs> I just left. But um, yeah, if they'd done if they'd done axe throwing, I might have uh, been encouraged to stay there a bit longer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there's some there's some fantastic. We I've I've done things that I would never have thought I'd have done through scouting. It's a it's a great organisation for the young people. So yeah. when I only yeah. Yeah, I only did Cubs, and I remember being like a like sixer. Yeah, um, sixer and seconders. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember all that, and like I think I was green six. I think, but I remember like going away and like the, the camping and. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was, yeah, it's a great thing to be part of. Um, I think somewhere. Yeah, interesting. I'm, 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 a, I'm a leader at the, at the group that I was a cub at. So that's oh, wow. quite interesting because actually you go into the hall, which I was a cub at just under 50 years ago, and I'm giving my age away now, and um, it's not changed. It's had, a, had di got different curtains up and it's got different paint on the walls. But other than that, it's exactly the same hut. And it's, uh, it's fascinating to do it. Um, I do yeah, remember um, go back. there was literally a badge for everything. Like, you name it, you could do it. Um, I just yeah. like the opportunities and that sort of thing. And that's that what's, what scouting is all about. I, I, again, another little story. Um, I was uh, down at our scout hut. Um, working with a group of scouts about three or four years ago, no, maybe maybe a couple of years more than that. You know. And the guy just came running it, just came wandering into the scout group, and he went over, you know, what's going on? And he said, "I hope you don't mind me coming in, but um, I used to be a scout here, and I just I happened to be coming, I happened to be in in the area, and I just thought I'd come back and see if you're still here." So yeah, come in, have a chat. Um, the story story goes, and we actually happen to be an air scout unit. Um, that just just means we give us an air activity influence to the to the stuff that we do with the young people. And the guy came in and he said, "Yeah, I was a scout, and then I was a venture scout. Used to be a venture scout. It's now called Explorers." 
um, and I did some paragliding, which is, I don't know if you know what paragliding is, but basically you strap a, strap a parachute to you and a line, and you get pulled behind something like a Land Rover, and you go up on the parachute. And he said, I did parascending with the with the scouts. And in fact, that's what I do for, for a job now. That as a result of that, what I do is he's a freelance cameraman, and his specialist camera area is aerial photography. So basically, when you see people jumping out of aeroplanes and doing films and that sort of thing, He's probably the cameraman that does those the shooting of those um, of those uh, films. And I don't know if you know what a cenote is in in Mexico, but a cenote basically is an underground river. All right. And in Mexico, there's lots of these things. And occasionally, what you get is a cenote is where the the above ground earth has collapsed and created a for want of a better description a big sinkhole. <coughs> so what he was actually filming at the time was what they call base jumping off the side of a cenote into the into the earth and going down till you hit the water on a parachute and he was filming people doing this as part of uh, and it, yeah that's it just demonstrates how him coming to scouts and doing a little bit of parasending has led to what a fantastic thing that he does and what an exciting and adventurous lifestyle he fascinating wow. no, that is that really is yeah and um brave to anyone that that, that tries that i don't think i could do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely but yeah that's uh, that's a great uh, organization uh, to be a part of um isn't like bear grills high up in it or something bear grills is our chief scout yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. Big so fan. um yeah we got i got to meet bear grills a couple of years ago um he oh, really we we, we do a jamboree Jamboree is a big camp, basically, for, for a week. Uh, and you do them all over the country, or they have run them all over the country. And we were doing one down on down in Cambridge, at, um, in Huntingdon, at the, Cambridge, at the Huntingdon Racecourse. Uh, we had a camp of about, um, it was about 1,500 scouts, something like that. And Bear Grylls does what they call uh, Bear in the Air. So what he does is he... He comes and in a helicopter and visits a number of these jamborees across the country a couple of days a year. And he came to Cambridge. So we met met, met Bear that day in Cambridge. Fascinating guy. Very Fascinating jealous. Guy. <laughs> I do, though, have his autograph. So that's Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing. But yeah, huge fan. Um, I think I remember his years ago, I think it was a prank called like Born Survivor. Um, yeah. Just been a massive fan of his TV stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cracking, cracking stuff to cracking stuff he does. Yeah, fascinating yeah. guy. Yeah, would love to meet him. <laughs> so, an important question for you, Simon. So, yeah, um, this is going to your dream wet shaving setup. So, if you were in your sh um, get my teeth back in my mouth. <laughs> if you're in your shaving den, uh, what hardware or software would you pick up? Uh, would you go on a spending spree, go high end, or would you reach down into the bargain bin? Oh, that's a that's a loaded question. Um, if you'd have asked me that question six eight months ago, I've already shown you my DE eighty nine. I I I struggle to beat that. I've had a lot of different razors over the years, uh, it, from close shave the the old R R forty one, which was the whew, 
it was such an the old style aggressive razor. This this I think is probably the go-to razor. However, probably has just changed a little bit recently. Um, and as you're probably aware, we we stocked the leaf um, the leaf yep. razor. This happens to be the black version. Um, I think that's a cracking razor, and it's the one razor I think is starting to take traditional wet shaving into the mass market um, because of its eco credentials. If anyone's aware, you've actually got the equivalent of a, a three the ability to put three de three half de blades in there. And effectively becomes a three-bladed cartridge razor, but is not disposable. Uh, the blades obviously can be recycled, and that takes the whole thing into a mass market. I think that's fantastic, um, and I think that's going to that's starting to get a lot of traction. And I know Adam, the manufacturer over in America, has got lots of different ideas, but more recently, even more recently, the twig, uh, and it, I'm struggling to struggling to actually go back down the down the chain now because i think the twig is just takes the whole thing to another level um i like the leaf i love the twig um i i show these two because there's the rose gold which is the standard twig and there's the silver one here is the more aggressive version I, yeah, i'm not even going to try and show you here but you won't even be able to see the the, the difference, but it's a marginal difference that the base plate to, to cap 0.2 millimeters, I understand. Um, but it does make just a discernible difference in finish. Mm. Bit more aggressive, take a bit more care with it, but it, the finish, if you take care, and I, what I've actually, again, fortunate that I've been able to, to do it, I've got both razors and I've shaved one side of my face with one and one side of my face with the other just getting that top notch finish fantastic i like an aggressive razor anyway but that is just so would you would you say this one then um we mostly to people that have had a lot of like uh so like wet shavers with like a lot of experience compared to someone who's just like starting out for example yeah no i think i think the the, the standard twig i think for someone who's starting out is, is incredibly maneuverable getting into the into the corners around the ears this sort of thing, you know, it, I always struggle. In fact, I, I still have a cartridge razor. The, the <coughs> Gillette, I forget the, um, the name of the razor, but it's got a blade on the back of backside. So you have the th four blades on the front and a single blade trimming blade on the black back. And I have got one of those still, which I will occasionally use just to get to those difficult areas. The twig solves that problem. Um, and that's why I think it's so manoeuvrable. I think it needs to develop a little bit from, from a personal how to use it. I've, you know, I've used these, I don't know, for the, probably about the last um, couple of months, really. Um, and the aggressive one only for probably the last two or three weeks. And I think I'm still, I'm still learning the, the right angles and the right, the right um, pressure to use um and the right techniques but i've got some really difficult areas you know beard growth that is all over the place underneath my chin here and um i can get a cracking finish a better better than i still i get good finish from the de89 but i can get a really good finish from the twig um and i think 
you know, give me another few weeks, I think I can probably get that even better. Um, and I think it is, the, the word game changer is used, in my opinion, too often. Um, but I think that really genuinely is a game changer in the shaving, uh, in the shaving community. Uh, and I've seen some really experienced guys with some top, top end razors are just waxing lyrical about the tweak at the moment. So um, definitely worth a try if you if you got and and they're nice. Yeah, they're still not, they're not cheap, fifty quid, but that's not over the top. When you look at some of the high end stuff that you can get, you know, it's into into hundreds hundred plus pounds. Yeah, you know, it's good value for money, and the the mechanism is is superb. I don't know if you've seen the seen the mechanism, and I'm I'm just twisting the bottom here, and the whole thing just is lovely the way yeah, it, it turns uh, it's it's lovely lovely to deal with um so i i think the twig is probably getting to be my desert island razor um i'm not a brush man um at all um in fact i think i own four brushes one of which is a wilkinson sword el cheapo the first thing i had that's a, a, a um uh, Ken M4, <coughs> which I think is the bigger one. Uh, I've got a Ken M2, which I use as a travel brush. Um, but more recently, I've, I, I, I'm just conscious of the, the, you know, the badger hair. And I think badger is starting to uh, just get out, just not be as attractive because of the animal cruelty side that we're, we're more and more aware of. Yeah, and I actually invested in... Crew, isn't it? Really? Yeah, and I, that's what I invested in the Roma um, um, Amiga, sorry, I couldn't think of the name from it. The Amiga Roma brush, this is the Colosseum, um, which is the bigger of the two. And I just think that I can get as good a finish with that as I can with the Badger. And if I can do the right thing, why wouldn't I? Um, lovely brush, not expensive. You know, again, you can see brushes out there, hundreds of pounds. Uh, I just don't think you need them. Um, I, you know, maybe it's me being tight. I don't know, but I don't think you need to spend all that money on stuff. And certainly, even so far, again, I've had this probably um, three or four months, and don't see any wear in it. I'm using it regularly. Not, don't show quite daily, but almost that. And uh, I think it's a fantastic brush. I think it's some great, great synthetic stuff. It reminds me a little bit of the, um, no, those Simpson brushes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, we've had one or two problems with Simpsons over the years in terms of sort of uh, uh, hair loss, um, and uh, yeah. But they're they're, they're a great brush, um, great manufacturer, great brush. Occasionally we have the problem, but then we have occasional problems with all sorts of brands. Believe you me. Um, but I think that you know some of the synthetic stuff is as good as bad, you know. Um, so why would we why would we have to pluck hairs out of a human animal? When we can uh, we can make the things, um, I right. guess there's possibly an ec ecological reason why you wouldn't want the what effectively is a plastic brush. But uh, I think that it's probably good use of plastic rather than bad use of plastic. It's certainly not single use, is it? Um, so I think you know that's the way that's the way the industry is going is the synthetic way. Um, what else? So we've got, do, you want me to, uh, do you want me to tell you what else? What else I think is good at the moment for me? What works oh, for me at the moment? 
Absolutely, yeah. That's the that's the whole point. <laughs> um, I've already mentioned the Marisol emulsion. Difficult to come across. I think. Oh no, wrong one. Um, the one of my one of my favourite pre shaves is 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 cellar. Um, same 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 as the soap. Just cracking stuff. Not expensive. There's a pre shave gel. It's lovely, lovely stuff as a pre shave. Um, that and there's also a product three P's um, as a pre shave is the other one I've got, which is um, I think is actually probably marketed as a nappy rash cream in Italy. Difficult to get hold of in the UK. I only know one man one manufacturer or sorry, one um, retailer used to do it in the UK, and I don't think they are anymore because again, same Brexit problem. Um, but that's a you know that's another another good product. Soap wise. Um, what, I've mentioned Cellar, I've mentioned uh, Razor Rock and Caribbean Holiday in particular. As long as you, the, the only thing about Caribbean Holiday is vanilla base. So some people don't like the vanilla base. You've already mentioned Kazan, yep. the A and E Kazan. I think that's a that's a wonderful soap, uh, lovely base. This uh, the base they use for that is a lovely soap. Um, interestingly, I struggle. I was struggling to start with to. Um, to uh, get a really good lather on that with the synthetic brush. Oh, really? Um, but I, I tend, nowadays, I tend to use hard soaps rather than soft, you know, the sort of croppy stuff. Don't tend to use that very much. But I find with just getting, putting a, and again, it depends on what people do, but putting really hot water in here, soaking the brush in the top of the, top of the shaving bowl. So I get a, a bloom, a bloom off the top there. Um, and I suppose if it's purely economics, it's not probably the best use of your soap because you definitely waste soap. I'm in the fortunate position that I've got access to lots of soaps and lots of lots of ways of trying things. So I can I'm not particularly have to be economic with the soaps I use. But blooming, blooming, blooming the uh, a &E, I think gives you a fantastic lather. It's a really no, whether the words I use the word succulent, I don't know whether that's the right word to use, but protective, cushioning, lovely, smooth shave you get from the from that kaizen. And indeed, I've not tried many of the other uh, scents, but I think the the, the base is is the same for most of the A&E. So um, that's probably one of my other go to soaps, which is the uh, P and B Star Noir, um, which is one they do occasionally. Um, and I believe they're going to start bringing it back as a regular line. I love, I love the scent of that. Um, it's a sort of a very much a essential oils, ylang um, ylang type type um, scent. Beautiful scent, beautiful um, soap to use. I uh, love that. So they're probably the Star Noir and the Kai, the Kaizen, the Cellar and the Raised Rock, uh, the Caribbean Holiday. Are probably my four go-to soaps. Uh, got a, if we look in my my cupboard, Wickham's figures in there, um, PAA figures in there. Uh, although I haven't got a lot of PAA, the one the one I haven't tried recently, and I need to have another go at, um, and only just because I use use a sample up and uh, haven't got round to trying the proper one is the uh, PAA, the new CK6 space. Oh, okay. The newer CK6 base, which is obviously being used for, um, you mentioned earlier, the um, Atomic Age and Future Fiction 
uh, and one or two of the others are starting to be CK6s. Uh, and I think that's that's getting a good reputation out there. Uh, I need to really revisit that and, uh, and, and put that back. But what I do is I do limit myself to about 10 soaps at any one time. And um, the cupboard is currently full. So um, I've got the same problem. Yeah, her who must be obeyed. You've got to you've got to take a little bit of a view of how many soaps you can have on the go. Yeah. Um, and I, it'd be very easy for me to have a lot of soaps going, but I don't. My problem is not just that. I've, um, I'm the opposite to you. I do love a good brush, and I've got like uh, in the bathroom here. It's just like there's just like brushes everywhere. So um, so I just. Uh, I mean, I got I like some of those like yucky ones as well. The ones you get from China. And yeah, then, yeah. I've seen there's a new one lately. It's like a Atlantis. It's just such a cool brush, and I'm like, oh, I can't buy any more. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I have to say, I think, I think, I mean, we mentioned the PAA. You mentioned the PAA brushes, the yeah, uh, Amberera light and the green. You've got a Peregrino, um, haven't you? Peregrino, that's the one. Yeah, um, you know, there's, there, I think, again, you know, the sort of money they are, you go a long way to beat those cracking little brushes and lovely designs as well. Good colours. You yeah, those, those PA ones. I know that um, Doug and Fran they 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 based them from like um, from like years ago, from like the, I think like the the thirties, forties, fifties, those sort of eras. Um, yeah, and they, yeah, they're just great replicas. Um, I mean, I, I don't mind splashing out on those ones. Um, a lot of stuff I own, I wouldn't say really, really expensive, but when it comes to that brand, um, I, I, I think it's worth it to be honest. Because you you know what you're getting at the end of the day. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I suppose the the other side is it would be the splashes. Um, what, what do I use post shave? And again, I tend to use again. I, I did shout earlier, picked the wrong one up. Cello, the Cello Bio range, lovely as an aftershave balm, um, not scented, um, just lovely finish. Because what I tend to do is I do tend I just because my tin, skin type, I tend to want something that's going to moisturise me. I tend to dry my skin out as a when I'm shaving, so I want to put some moisture back in. So celery, cellar, lee, um, one or two others will, will figure in the in the camp cupboard. But then what I tend to do is I'll then put a splash on top of that. So, and interestingly, you know, I was reading something um, earlier where people were people were talking about the splash going underneath the balm um, and how how that has a whole different effect. Um, and that's something I again we're all learning all the time with these with these things. That's it, yeah. But um, yeah, probably go to stuff at the moment. Love the fine. Um, see that one? That's the orange noir. That's the old version. Because <coughs> fine, of course, as you're probably aware, they lost their manufacturer um, three four months ago, um, so they weren't producing anything for a while. They're now back on stream and glad to hear that they're now um, registered in the UK. So fine is now back on stream. So that's great. Um, it's the uh, Goodfellas Smile. That one is the uh, Royal Lime. Um, very cautiously when you use that, I tend to use that off my face. So round the neck area, because I find I do react to that. It's quite a strong um, I don't know whether it's the citrus in it, but it's it's quite a strong scent, mm. and um, find that I can react to that in, uh, on the wrong day. But I think that's a lovely scent. Um, come back to my uh, my we mentioned Kaizen. I think that's yeah. a cracking um, splash. An interesting one I picked up on recently, 
uh, and we don't stock it. And I, I'm, it's just it's it's <coughs> it's so budget, it'd be really difficult to do. Um, is is the Arco range? Um, this one is um, they call it gold powder. I think it's the um, oh, I can't think of the manufacturer. It's the million range of um, aftershaves. Um, it smells very very similar. It has not probably got this quite the same um, length on the scent, um, but it's a it's a really lovely lovely uh, thing to use on your face. I, I um, do like Arco. I mean, I've got the, yeah, I, the shaving soap, the traditional shaving soap. Um, mm, just a classic, it, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But I have to say that's uh, that's in again. Your mileage may vary. Uh, Arco, Arco, the, the the original Arco soap is for me um, school toilet cleaner territory. <laughs> a lot of people say that. I I, I don't get why you'd want to use that on your face. I think <laughs> don't get me wrong. I've used it. I've tried it. Um, I think it's a it's a wonderful soap, but it's just the the, the it's evocative of the, of school toilet cleans for me. It just doesn't doesn't fill me with any any um, enthusiasm. If that's the right word. But I think the Arco range, the the splashes, um, certainly. You know, we I say we don't sell them. We, we, it's not something that that we've got any access to, um, but. You know, through through the old bay, you can get. Um, I think these are about four quid, five quid each. You probably know better than I do, Dave. Um, and there's some lovely, there's some lovely finish on it, and it's some lovely scents. And I'm gonna, I'll certainly be investing into some more. Um, I might uh, use one up before I go to the other again because the shelf is getting full. But uh, I think there's some, there's, they're, they're wonderful scents for a for a budget scent, uh, budget aftershave. Yeah, I mean, I've used the um, Varco. I've, I've, I mean, I've not used that the aftershave. I've just it's just like the the shaving soap and the the stick. I think I was I was mentioning episode um, two with Chris. I mean, the the Arco stick. I think that's great if you're traveling and you know you don't care if you leave it in your hotel room. It's I think it's like what like a pound a stick or something. Is that is yeah. that cheap? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When I started, it used to be, and again, I haven't. I don't know if the, you can even get them on the shelves anymore. But the uh, the old Palmolive stick, um, I think Superdrug used to do. I don't know what they still do. Um, and there was another. Now, can I think of the name? Oh, yes, I can. Uh, there used to be another shaving um, cream called Ingrams, and that was lovely to use. Only again, one fifty or something for a tube, <coughs> but it was a wonderful. You know, uh, as you say, sort of as a travel travel um, tube that you can stick in your stick in your toilet bag and take with you. Again, I, I've not seen it on a shelf for a long time. Um, okay, I've not been in the shop for a long time because none of us have. But um, certainly, next time I go into into Norwich, I'm, I'm going to pop in the Super Drug and see if I can pick a tube up because it was such good stuff. Um, and again, it's it's budget end of the range, but it's quality. And it's it's you know anyone who's using Anyone who's shaving could afford to buy those sorts of soaps and creams. And actually, if they've been about for years, there's a reason they've been about for years, because they're good. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, that's um, your ideal setup, which, um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I really like the razors. I'd have to uh, definitely uh, got to try them. Quite uh, intrigued, like many of the... Um, other guys in the community. Um, is there anything else you would like to plug? And also, for people that are still not familiar with Agent Save, um, where, where can people find you online? 
Okay. Yeah. No, I, 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 I've really said what I think, and 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 I genuinely mean this. We stock things we think are good. Um, we we trial. Say endless is probably an exaggeration, but no end of different products, and won't stock them just because we don't think they're good enough quality-wise, or um, they don't do what we we think they can, or they're just not good value for money. So anything you see on a website, we think is good value for money and good quality products. Um, you can find us online. It's not easy. It's www.agentshave.co.uk. Um, if you're a member of, of any of the, the normal wet shaving forums, UK Wet Shaving Society or uh, the Shaving Room, um, we offer discount codes to any members of those forums and they're all published on the forums, the discount codes. So uh, please do make, make use of those. We, we love to see them being used because that's our, that's our market really, the, 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 the wet shaver that knows what they want. Um, so encourage people to use those. But equally, you know, we're, we're also happy to field queries. If someone's got a product they think they'd like to see, um, we will certain, certainly, A, trial it if someone's got it, if someone's manufacturing it, we'd love to trial it and see how it is. Um, equally, if you've got a product you can't source, give us a shout. We can usually find out why or if we can source it. Um, as I say, Brexit is, is adding a whole level of complication into that, which we won't go into again, um, but we're certainly happy to try. Um, not easy to get one-offs. It's usually it's got to be something we've got to consider as a stock line. One-off is really difficult um, just because of the costs, in, costs involved. If you're looking for something one-off, you, you're probably better ordering it yourself direct from, the, from, from abroad. But we're, we're happy to try and we're happy to answer queries and try and guide people where, as best we can. So that's what we're all about. I've got to say um, my experiences with you guys, and I'm, I'm not just saying this because I'm, I'm speaking to you. Um, yeah, it's been like a first class from um, engagement on social to um, I just like when, when the actual, well, like, I, I don't know, like a soap or brush I've ordered from you guys has come and I just love the, um, like the aftershave samples and everything about the brand. I just... Uh, um, love so um there's anyone that hasn't um used agent shape before um uh yeah um i really i really highly recommend um simon's company um but i say um th thanks for coming on uh, it's been a real pleasure and if um you're ever going to come back on the podcast you're more than welcome yeah no well if if you if you want me back sometime in a few months time we'll uh we're happy to update you on what's new and what's 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 improved on the in the shaving range, Dave. So um, look yeah. forward to it. Absolutely. Uh, that sounds that sounds great. And um, well, so yeah, that's it from Simon and I. Um, thanks for listening. And hopefully, episode five is just around the corner. If you'd like to come on the podcast, please let me know. You can contact me via Twitter and Instagram at Dispraxit Shaver. Hope you enjoy the rest of your week, and most importantly, stay safe. <laughs>